from Car Rigs and Ingram, this is It Figures, the CRI podcast, an accounting, advisory, and industry-focused podcast for business and organization leaders, entrepreneurs, and anyone who is looking to go beyond the status quo. Hello and welcome to another episode of the CRI It Figures podcast. This is a COVID-19 governmental questions episode. This is actually part two on this topic that we've we've done. My name is Robert Lemon. I'm an audit partner in the Gainesville office. And accompanying me today, as, as was in part one, is Ray Roberts and Becky Hammond. Ray, do you want to introduce yourself for anyone who doesn't already know you? Thanks, Rob. My name is Ray Roberts from Albuquerque, New Mexico, and I've been out here for some time. And I'm the lead for the CRI government and not-for-profit uh, industry line. I've been doing this longer than I want to admit, and I've been involved at a lot of different committees at the AICPA level, the AICPA Government Audit Quality Committee, committee the AICPA Peer Review Committee, the Ethics Committee, so a variety of different things that gave me some experience over the years. Thank you, Ray. Ray's being very modest. He is an unbelievably uh, experienced and knowledgeable chap. He is somebody I call whenever I've got a tricky question or just need a, a really wise sort of perspective on something. And the other person I call in that scenario is Becky. So Becky, do you want to introduce yourself, please? Thanks so much, Rob. This is Becky Hammond. I am an audit partner in the New Orleans office of CRI. I work with both Rob and Ray as an assistant line leader for our firm uh, in regards to governments. Um, I have over 20 years of experience doing governmental audits and single audits almost exclusively and uh, just have such a passion for for that that industry. So um, I'm hoping to provide some great answers today to your questions, Rob. Oh, I know you will. I know you'll have the best answers, both of you guys. Uh, so thank you again for, for joining joining me. If, if you may have already seen the first uh, or, or listened to the first part of this topic on a separate podcast, you'll know that we just had a few questions that we'd received from government clients that I was just sharing with Ray and Becky, and they were providing some good answers. And that's what we're going to do here today, because after that podcast, we had more questions and, and we figured there's some good stuff to share. So I'm going to dive right in. Uh, whichever one of you guys wants to try and take these questions, feel free. But the, the first question for today's episode is, how are we supposed to meet our reporting deadlines? We being you know, a client that's asked this question, how, how are we supposed to meet our reporting deadlines now that the team's abilities are limited, there's been huge disruption, and it's put them behind schedule. So what would you say to a, a government that's that's in that situation? How are they supposed to meet their deadlines with all this COVID disruption? Anyone want to take that? I'll take this one, Rob. Uh, it's certainly a challenging time. It's very difficult to minimize the disruption that this situation has caused. I know in our own firm, we've had tons of, of disruption as well. Um, but First, make sure that you nail down exactly what your reporting requirements are. Prioritize those that are upcoming and, and work on those first. Make sure you, you um, have something in place to, to ensure that those upcoming deadlines are going to be met despite the disruption, um, especially the ones that might affect your funding or your cash flow. Um, internally, 
you need to identify who's on your team that can step up to the plate to handle that particular item. Hopefully it's the person that normally takes care of those reporting requirements in the first place. But if not, um, I'm sure most of you have team members that are willing to dive in and help out with that. Um, and then you got to hold your team members accountable and make sure that they are meeting those deadlines and doing what they say they're, they're going to do. Uh, many governments have purchased laptops for their team members so that they can work from home. Um, some governments are lucky enough to, to kind of keep moving because they're in a, a more remote location. Um, but it's important that you give them the tools that they need to get these deadlines out, um, get those, those requirements met uh, in, in accordance with the deadlines. Um, externally, um, if, if you're down to a smaller team, uh, then maybe you'll have to outsource to either an accounting firm like CRI or um, get some assistance from your auditor um, as long as you uh, make sure that you understand there are limitations to uh, our independence. We want to maintain our independence at all times. So um, just don't just not meet your deadlines. Make sure that you're doing something to be proactive about it. Uh, you can also you know, see if you could get a, an extension request depending on what that deadline is. Hey, Becky, just, just talking about extension requests, is it is it accurate to assume all deadlines are kind of automatically extended or are there any particular ones that people need to be careful careful of that might need applications for extensions versus just an automatic extension? You know, I've seen some some different things out there and, and what are you seeing in Louisiana and with your clients? Well, definitely not a, an accurate assumption to assume that all deadlines are extended. Um, many of those deadlines have not even been addressed yet, which is somewhat surprising. Um, a great example in Louisiana is that we um, we have a six-month reporting requirement. We're required to, to submit our audits to the legislative auditor within six months of year-end. And we've basically been told you just file for your emergency extension, um, which is just in accordance to the normal rules, and you can't do that before June 1st. Um, so they're kind of playing it as, as usual, just like they do with hurricanes, um, and haven't issued any kind of blanket extension. Many have addressed it, but the guidance is confusing. For instance, with the single audit, the OMB, Office of Management and Budget, put out several memos um, allowing up to a 12-month extension. But there's so much confusion on how the awarding agencies can extend a deadline when the single audit is at an entity-wide level. Um, so the AICPA wrote a letter to the OMB requesting clarification on this. Um, so you really need to, to understand what your individual deadlines are, as I said before, and make sure to handle that uh, on an individual basis. Don't just assume that it's extended. Yeah, and I think that's what's causing confusion is that some some uh, deadlines are kind of easier uh, easier to get the extensions for. Some are a bit a uh, bit more automatic, and some need need to, need some action on the client's part and the government's part. Because like, just last one to talk about the GFOA CAFA certificate award. I think that one. You know, I think they've come out to say. It's going to be easy to get an extension, but you still have to apply for it. For example, was the was the latest that I've seen. So, um, you know, one of you guys correct me if I'm if I'm if I'm wrong or if you've seen something new on that. But 
yeah, I think like Becky said, to understand what your deadlines are and not assume that makes a lot of sense. And to I me. think the, the agencies don't want folks to just use this as an excuse to extend. You, you need to be able to justify your reasons for the extensions and that you've truly been impacted. So they're trying to keep the pressure on the, the agencies to not just extend and, and put everything behind. Makes sense. Good stuff. Well, I'm, I'm going to move on to another question with, with that one getting wrapped up. Um, who wants to take this next one? This one reads, how do you handle staffing for people who can't do their normal jobs and need to be reassigned? Uh, given, <clears throat> excuse me, given the current long-term uncertainty, should we try and use more outside consultants rather than hiring people to vacant positions in-house? So it's kind of a two-part question. Anyone, anyone want to take a shot at unpicking that one? I'll take it, Rob. You know, one thing uh, all throughout this whole process, I think you need to go back to let's let's see what the ultimate goal is and what the planning is involved in this. Now, different organizations could have different goals about the staffing requirements. You know, I, I could see where a, a commission could say, okay, we need to protect the stakeholders at all costs. Others might say, hey, we need to protect the employees at all costs. And uh, maybe the city man management has a different philosophy than the board. So all of those could be uh, come up with a different uh, action. So what you need to know is what the, the board or your whoever those in charge of governance is for your organization, what they want to accomplish. Do they want to get lean and mean and get rid of some people early on and not replace them? Or do we need to see what we can do to hold on to these people uh, because we know this is going to be over and we're going to need them again uh, in the future. So you need that general type philosophy before, but then you have to start looking at each department and then looking at how many people you have, who can't work, is there something else they can do in that particular department, uh, and then decide if you have excess people or you need people. And once you decide that, uh, you can start looking at other departments to see if they have capacity or they need some help. And then you can start repurposing some people. And if, so you can repurpose the someone in the parks department. Of course, their parks departments are closed, so you won't need as much repairs and stuff. So maybe you can transfer those laborers over to the road department. Or the museum's now closed or the zoo's now closed, so you can move those accounting staff or the people track that type of stuff to over to the finance department uh, or to the utilities department. Somebody that see if the skills match up and see if it makes sense for people to be repurposed uh, from one department to the other. <clears throat> so then you can decide, say, well, I don't know if I got anybody, they need some help here or this person would be better served somewhere else but that would leave a hole here and you don't have anybody in house. And then you would go look at maybe outsourcing that IT issue, that payroll issue, that accounting issue, whatever it might be, and outsource that uh, to a, a third party. And that might free somebody else up or fill a hole for somebody that's uncomfortable or can't, can't work at the office uh, and do their jobs. So keep all that in mind too. And then or ultimately, uh, you might get to the point where you have some layoffs or you need to furlough some people. Uh, but the, when you get to there is all dependent on about what the, those in charge of governance want to do. It can get, someone will get to it a lot sooner and some of them it'll be later down the round when they ran out of places they can repurpose somebody too. Uh, 
So still, just planning, detailed planning throughout the whole process and decide what your board wants to do in this area. Yeah. Yeah, staffing is definitely something I'm hearing a lot of questions and, and discomfort about because hiring freezes seems to be the standard right now. For, for one, I think it's just completely impractical to try and interview and hire anyone for, in most instances. And, and like you say, you're trying, people are trying to repurpose uh, staff on a, on a short-term basis. So, and it, it's just such a personal topic as well, obviously, uh, dealing with people's careers and, and so on. So definitely I'm hearing a lot of nervousness and uncertainty and discomfort about how to handle staffing and future staffing. So I think that's some, some really good, uh, really good advice there, Ray. As always, good advice from, from Ray. But uh, with, with that, I'm going to get on to one more quick question and I'll throw this one out. See who wants to take the last one. Um, <laughs> this one I heard it's someone said that the auditors are still asking for information for the ongoing audit and they just don't have time to provide it. How, how should we handle the auditors to get them off our backs, basically, as reading between the lines? So anyone want to take a shot at this one, how to handle the auditors in this current time? I'll take this one, Rob. Um, so I guess the first thing to remember is that your auditor is also on a schedule um, and clients are pushing back and um, we're getting delays in information. Um, just as you're probably experiencing. So the first thing I suggest is look at the requested items list that you receive from your auditors, discuss with your auditor what items could be completed um, with those limited resources that you have. And because uh, you wanna keep that auditor moving as much as possible to, to keep things from, um, from falling behind too much. So um, some great things to think about is um, do some things that are already completed if you, you know you've got it already completed, then go ahead and send it to your auditor. Maybe they can work on it. Um, you can also do things that can be easily completed. Um, so if you know it, it's going to take limited resources to get it done, go ahead and send that over, finish it up, and get, get that sent over as well. Um, you can also give general ledger details to your auditor for the, you know, or, or transactions list for the transactional items that aren't going to need a reconciliation. Um, because your auditor can do a lot of things with those. Go ahead and pick their samples and things like that. Uh, from the single audit perspective, um, there are some things that your auditors can do from a preliminary uh, CIFA. If you can go ahead and get that schedule of expenditures of federal awards done, even if it's on a preliminary basis, and um, get that over to them because there's so much that can be done. Um, one thing is if you have any large new programs, that are, are, are new this year, you can let them know that. And that may be something they could start working on to get, get the support and get the questions from answered from your uh, program directors, which would um, minimize the amount of time that you need to spend. Um, also programs that have, were last audited in 2016 and are still large programs that would be over that program threshold, they can get moving on, on that as well. Um, some other things to think about, payroll details, utility billing details, anything that would, would be used to make a transaction-based sample. Um, so, you know, the best thing to do is to talk to your auditor and, and you all can come up with some things together that could keep that audit moving despite um, the, the limitations that you have. 
Yeah, I like that answer. I like that you said as well, communicate with the auditor, because I know I've been in the in the auditor seat recently and, and been trying to say, trying to work with people to get what we can and keep things moving without pushing too hard, but at the same time, not letting things drop entirely. So I think you, you, you nailed it with, with talking about trying to pick those things that are high yield, that will only take the client a little bit of time to deliver, but will keep us auditors busy for quite a, a while. So um, high yield items plus good communication should keep the project moving as best as possible because we're all in it together at the end of the day. But uh, well, that's the last question actually, guys. So thank you again for all your time and and wisdom and sharing that. Um, Really appreciate the listeners. Thank you for listening to another episode of the It Figures podcast. Please do stay tuned for future episodes. And uh, once again, thanks for listening. If you want more CRI insights or are interested in learning about our firm, please visit our website at CRICPA.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of It Figures, the CRI podcast. You can subscribe to It Figures on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you prefer to listen to your podcasts. If you liked what you heard today, please leave us a review. 